0: You're listening to the New Life Church Sunday Morning Podcast. We're a family of believers in Anderson, Missouri that want to experience God in a real way, both inside and outside the walls of a building. For more Sunday messages, upcoming events, or to get in touch, visit new-life-church.net. So today we're in verse 5, Psalm 23, verse 5, we're on Week five of our uh, six-week series of Psalm 23. I'm going to go ahead and read that verse for you to start us off. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So at first glance, you're like, huh? Eating in front of my enemies? That sounds like indigestion. You know, pouring pour oil all over your hair, that just sounds like, how long am I going to have to wash that out? You know, we don't like when we wake up with greasy hair and it just feels nasty. Those of us, I granted, are still having to wash our hair. I'll, I'll throw that out there. Um, an overflowing cup, that sounds like a mess to clean up, right? Kids, don't, oh Really? You know, the kit, you know, does anybody have that kit in your house that fills it up to the absolute top of the glass? You can almost see it like crowning. And they're like, then they got to carry it to the table. Although we all know what happens then. Indigestion, a shower, a mess to clean up. However, when we take our time and effort, we ask the Holy Spirit to guide us as we read the scriptures and we and we pour into it, and we, we research the culture and the times that, that this was penned, that the Word of God was penned, we can have so much more understanding than just indigestion or having to wash your hair or a mess to clean up. So let's, let's go there. And once again, I want to warn us, myself included, how easy it is, of how easy it is in any scripture, not just this one, but any scripture that is familiar to us, how we can tune out and go to the next station in our brain and think that I already know this. I already know what's going on. Would you just be willing? Would you be willing to let God speak to you, regardless of how long you've had this verse memorized or this chapter memorized? Regardless of how many sermons you've heard preached on it or heard it read at funerals or whatever the case, how many coffee mugs you've got at your house or pictures of this on it, would you be willing to let God speak to you yet once again? As I believe wholeheartedly that he will. Let's review. It's important to review because... We forget easily, quickly. Week one, verse one. Who is your shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. I shall not want. I am content. The Lord as our shepherd, meaning the understanding of what a shepherd was like back then, how Jesus Christ took on those same characteristics when he came to earth, was born And lived his life out here, humbling himself, living a lonely life, living a dangerous life. Leading, guiding, not pushing, driving. Even wearing clothes similar to like what the sheep, a shepherd would, how Jesus took on skin, actual skin as he came here. And then coming to the place that David did, who penned this through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that the Lord would be our shepherd with that understanding the lord as our shepherd the lord is our shepherd and again there's not 100% proof on this but many believe that david penned this at the end of his life and that would just to me that logically just makes a lot of sense that at the end of his life seeing how the lord would be his shepherd time and time and time again that he could pin these six verses can you imagine the depth of what that must have meant for him. Week two, rest for the weary. He lets or makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And We talked about how the presence of God is our rest. Like that green pasture was rest. That obeying God is our rest. We're not worried about feeling guilty and it's keeping us up at night. We're not worried about having to be caught. We're not recovering from a binge on something the day or weeks before, there's a rest in obedience. There's a rest in his presence. And he understands our future far better than we can or do. And so there's times that he might make us rest when we're even not ready to or think we need it. And the green pastures also can be significant in that it could be the nourishment of what we need, our daily bread, God's word, God's truth gives us rest. When we when we memorize his promises, when we're fighting off temptations, when we're going through life, when we're missing ones we've loved who have gone on before us. And the promise that he gives us in the Sermon on the Mount, that God comforts those who mourns. And to be able to remember that and pull that up in our lonely times. Jesus leads us beside the quiet waters. Again, he's... He's leading us tenderly, lovingly, gently. And we, through our illustration that the butcher is who drove the sheep to be slaughtered. But the shepherd led. And just like this painting, we're back here and the shepherd is out front leading. This painting that's developed and grown each week. Where does he lead us? Beside the still, quiet waters. Jesus also calls himself the living water in the New Testament. And our prayer life, that consistent, authentic life of prayer, is what can continue to provide that nourishment of that fresh, clean, clear, cool waters to drink from. The shepherd had to, had to clear out paths that the sheep could drink from for us. And Jesus has to do the same for us. Can you, I mean, think about that. If you go back to the Old Testament, Moses could not even look on God. God Moses asked for it and God had to turn his back because his glory, he could not even handle that. I just believe that because of our human nature, we don't have the ability to even comprehend or look on the full glory of God. So this is just a picture of God carving out a nook so that we can, that we can drink from it. Week three, for his namesake, was the title of that one. He renews my life or our soul. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. And to renew means to turn us back, to refresh us, to repair our souls. not that just sound comforting? To turn us back, to refresh us and repair our souls. And all along the way, we've talked about how the shepherd's out front leading us. And if we feel a distance, it's because we're lagging behind or because we've wandered off. But that he is there and then yet he's willing to come after us and look for us as well. And we ask the question, how is your soul? One of those conscience shattering questions of of what does that even mean? How do I answer that? And the answer to it is dependent solely on our intimacy with Christ. What? is the condition of our soul. He leads us along the right path, path of righteousness, not the wrong ones. Sometimes they feel wrong as we have a different understanding of right and wrong for us than God does. God knows better. Often, parents, you understand this. You know what's better for your kids, often better than they do. You can see it clearly because you've had the experience and the time in your life to see it ahead. And your kid's like, No, you don't. I'm still going to do this. We had one go down the hill the other day when there was a clear, hey, this would not be a good idea, understanding brakes on the bike. (laughs) They went anyway. Okay. And there was pain involved (laughs) because there was understanding, but yet there was the, I need to figure this out for myself. That flesh, that we all have, right? We all have that with God. Unfortunately, probably on a daily basis. And it's for God's namesake. It's a monument to him and him alone. In anything else, if it was for us, if it was for something else, it would be for a lesser reason. And it's not because God is egocentric. It's because there is nothing and no one greater than him. And if it was for any other reason than for him, it would be of lesser value. And then last week, week four, through the shadows, even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We talked about that even when, not if, when I go through the darkest valley. The key words being when and through here. When we will, it's coming. You're either in it, just came out of it, or you're about to go through it. That's just life. But the other key word gives us comfort, and then it's through it. It's not our destination. If we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. If we don't, it is our destination. There will be darkness, shadows of evil. And we talked about how those shadows can't hurt us. 1 Peter 5, 8 says that Satan is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But if we are God's children, if we are his sons, his daughters, he cannot hurt us. He cannot touch us. He cannot have anything to do with us without God's permission. And we see that in Job 1. And the bonus of this the exclamation point on it, his end is determined. He's already lost. He is defeated. God has won. And continuing on through verse 4, I fear no danger for you are with me. This was a decision that was made by David. I fear no danger and not in pride and not in the macho-ness of it. It's I'm not going to because of what? Because you are with me. God is with me. He is my shepherd. He is with me. He is leading me. He's guiding me. He's protecting me. He's out front. And he has a rod and a staff and a sling and a lamp and other things that are for protection, defense, and rescue. Brings us back to verse 5, our verse this morning. But before we jump back into it, really quick, I want to... Have you, have you been tracking? I know Kathy has. She's an English teacher. But have you been tracking the pronouns in this chapter? And the pronouns showing us a level of intimacy of David with his shepherd as he goes. And it can and hopefully is for us as well. It went from the Lord, my shepherd, in verse 1, to he, in verses 2 and 3, and then in verse 4, you. You. Are you are you tracking that? This intimacy is is coming in closer and closer and there's there's more of an intimacy there with this shepherd. This morning will continue in that same first person. So you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So again, like the previous weeks, I just want to break down these sections just to give us more understanding and, again, to caution us not to turn out, but let the Holy Spirit speak to us through this. See, the shepherd in ancient Israel, when he was leading the sheep along the path, he might notice along his path here that here on top of a rock or here in the foliage, here in the background or up up the mountain a little bit here, there would be some choice herbs, like delicious for for the sheep. Like they go nuts over it. They love it. It's good for them. It tastes good. They love it. And he would saunter over and grab those. The sheep could never get them on their own. They could never go off and get those. They couldn't reach him. It would be too high. It would be under things that they couldn't get into. With their wool, they'd get caught on. And he would grab them. And he would keep leading and he would have it in his hand behind him like this. So that the sheep could then just munch on that. Now let me ask you this. Which sheep are getting to munch on those choice herbs and choice foliage? Those closest to him. Those closest to him. And so I think that that is a vivid picture of our ability to answer that question, how is your soul and how close we are to our shepherd. You see, if we're out way back here or wandering off, we're going to miss out on some of the best gifts that God desires and wants to give us. We talked about that in Vacation Bible School this week, how much Jesus loves to give good gifts to those he loves he loves everybody. Scripture is clear on that. But there are some gifts, additional levels of love, if you will, that he will only grant to those who are righteous and those who are following him more closely. That is also scripture. And so, are we wanting to miss out on those special gifts? I don't know about you, but I like, I like some good snacks. Uh, My boys call it snacks when it's like extra tasty. And so I want to be right here getting to partake of those snacks. Don't you? Don't you want to be close to the shepherd in your relationship and your intimacy with him and getting to enjoy those moments? And see, you prepare a table before me. is just that. He's grabbing those extra delicious things and handing those off and graciously giving those to those who are closest to him. To prepare in this verse means to lay in order, to ordain, to esteem. And that preparing a table, visualization, illustration in this verse that David is using is additionally significant in that there is a friendship there. There is a friendship there between the shepherd and the sheep. You see, you don't spend a lot of time, as much time for somebody you don't know in preparing for them to come over. But when you know that person and you're wanting to celebrate something with them and you know them, you know what would be special to them. You know how to prepare well. You know what color flower they might like. You know what silverware or plates they might really appreciate if you're going to that extreme. You know what they like to eat. So you've got that on the grill outside because they love it. And guys, this is David saying, Jesus, you are preparing a table before us. And if you're the one that's showing up after all this has been laid out and prepared for you, what an honor is that? What an honor is that? Seeing the kids' eyes light up this week and the amount of preparation that went into Vacation Bible School to see the decorations, to see the skits, to see the videos, to get to uh, watch Laura and Arden lean the songs and doing the skits. and I didn't get to visit every station because I was in one, but you could just see it. it. was written all over them. How they were loving it. If one day we as believers will get to experience this on a scale that we can't even comprehend. That we can't even comprehend that there is this along the way that Christ gives us. But someday. Someday when he says your time on earth is done. John 14, 1 through 6 tells us that he's, he's telling his disciples, Don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If not, I would have told you. I am going away to prepare a place for you. If I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you may be also You know the way to where I am going. Lord Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Three words, Tony. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Guys, Jesus, when he ascended back into heaven, he has been preparing a place for us. And I don't know about you, but I want to be right here. And what a feast will that be? What a table will that be in heaven someday, when he welcomes his bride, the church. But then this verse continues that he prepares a table before us in the presence of my enemies. You're like, well, wait a minute. Back to indigestion here. See, God is not always going to remove those enemies from us here on life. And our enemy is not often who we think it is. You see, in the Middle East and shepherding and stuff, there was the obvious enemies, like the wolves. And the critters and stuff. And then there were some that were not so obvious. So much so it can't even be shown in this painting. See the shepherd could lead his flock into a field. But in the field there would be little holes throughout it. And there would be vipers down in these holes. And when the sheep would be coming along and munching. The vipers would come out and bite their nose. And their poison could kill them. And so what the shepherd would need to do at this point. Is he would need to take Hogwarts oil. And circle all the holes he could find with this oil. And that did two things. One, it kept the vipers from being able to come out of the hole and going past it because it was too slick for them to slither across. And you think, well, yeah, the sheep could still go up to the hole and munch on it. No, because the sheep can't stand the smell of Hogwarts oil. And so it would keep the sheep away. You guys, how many times in our lives... Is Jesus doing that for us? He's pointing out the holes, the dangers to us. And pouring oil around it so that the enemy can't come out and get us. And it should be an offensive smell to us and yet sometimes we just plow right through it anyway. You see, he protects us And warns us like the oil does around these holes through his word. This is how not to be a dummy. (laughs) Follow this. Through our circumstances in life. Sometimes even godly counsel from others. And see, I believe that we... As God's sheep are attacked on two fronts, we have the external enemies, like the wolf and the vipers and stuff, and that represents Satan. Back to this guy, back to the painting. Where's he looking? He's looking towards what's coming next week. Remember the lighting, foreshadowing? He's looking here because he knows whose boss God is. And he's got to have his permission before he even turns and comes this way. So there's an external and an internal attack that we get from the enemy. The external being Satan, the devil. Sometimes, some days, it can feel like it's our in-laws, our co-workers, our spouse, our children, our outlaws. Sometimes it can feel that way, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not the only one. <laughs> but as a believer, we know better. We can turn to Ephesians 6:10 through 13. It says, "Finally, be strengthened by the Lord and by his vast strength, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Spouses, friends, neighbors, children, in-laws, outlaws." That's not our struggle. Our struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. For this reason, take up the full armor of God, so that you may be able to resist in the evil day, and having prepared everything, to take your stand. Satan is lying, stealing, murdering, deceiving, tempting, and blinding, and we covered that more so last week. Lobbying against us before God day and night. We see that in Revelation 12.10. Our part is to submit and resist. Submitting to the shepherd and resisting the devil. Submit to the shepherd. Don't go to the viper hole. Submit to the shepherd. Don't wander off where the wolf can get you. James 4.7. Therefore submit to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Because we have, kids, you remember this? The same power that Jesus had when he rose from the grave. The same power that Jesus had when he performed his miracles on earth. Living inside us. If we have chosen Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And that same power is what allows us, as we are submitting to the shepherd, to say, No, I resist you and he must flee. He must flee. Internally, how we're attacked is our flesh. That sinful nature inside us that rears its ugly head. It's almost like we got one of those little vipers living inside us still. And see... That is something we're always going to battle until God calls us home and our glorification is complete in eternal life. Galatians 5 17 says, our flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. And I personally believe the root of all of our sin is a pride. Inside of us. You see, it's in those moments that we sin. That in essence, we're saying, God, I'm smarter than you. I know what I'm doing, you don't. And I'm going to do this, even though you clearly tell me. It is not for my best, or your glory. We shudder to think about actually, truthfully, honestly saying that to God out loud with her mouth. But that's exactly what we're doing with our actions. When we are giving in to those temptations, we are saying, God, I know better than you. I want this more than I want you. You are less. This, what I want, is More. from our pride the actions as we give into those temptations and we step out and make those claims against God Galatians 5 continues on in verses 19 through 21 what that looks like sexual immorality moral impurity promiscuity idolatry sorcery hatred strife jealousy outbursts of anger selfish ambitions dissensions Factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I think that about covers it. Paul is writing this to the church in Galatia. He continues, I am warning you about these things as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. So our defense against the devil is to submit and resist. Our defense against our flesh and our pride is to guard our heart above all else. For it is the source of life. Proverbs 4.23 Which is submitting to the shepherd. You anoint my head with oil. For David to proclaim this, he must have been reminiscing on the customs of God's people, the Jewish people, but he also must have been pondering on his own anointing. You see, David was anointed three times with oil. In 1 Samuel 16, 13, he was anointed by the prophet Samuel to become the future king of Israel, where God anointed him for this in his future. He was still a young man, still still a shepherd out in the fields. It wasn't his time yet, but God ordained, commissioned, anointed him with oil as a young man as to what his future would be. The second time he was anointed with oil was to be the king of Judah by the men of Judah. And that's in 2 Samuel 2.4. And then the third time he was anointed to be accepted as king of Israel by the elders of Israel in 2 Samuel 5.3. See, anointing with oil in this time and in this custom and I, it may still be today in Israel. I didn't research that far. But it was a blessing. It was a sign of a blessing. It was used as a symbol of a commissioning. Prophets, God's prophets, were often anointed with oil. His priests, Aaron, the first Levitical priest back in the Old Testament, was anointed with oil. Kings were anointed with oil. It was a symbol of God's protection on those he committed, commissioned. For sheep, it was an anointing, it was an a blessing, and it was also a protection from sunstroke. You see, sheep needed basically their version of sunblock back then, or they could die of a heat stroke being out in the wilderness. Uh, they do it on camels as well. And it's been well known that if a camel crossing the desert is not anointed with oil, they'll literally fall over and die. And if you don't have transportation in the desert, you're going to die too. Believers today, you, me, believers of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, are anointed and commissioned as well. You see, we are anointed and commissioned to love God. As I believe, without Him, we don't even have the ability to love Him. He's got to initiate all of it, just like we've seen in this Psalm 23, how the shepherd has led out. He's become our shepherd. He is led. He is initiated. And it's only us coming to the realization and understanding that he is leading. He is our shepherd, that we can come to appreciate him and love him. That's in Matthew 22, part of the great commandment. I believe we're also anointed and commissioned to love others. To love God is to love other people because He loves other people. I believe we're also anointed and commissioned to make disciples for Him as it says in the Great Commission, Matthew 28. What is our representation of this oil today like it was back then? It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. John 14, 23-26 Jesus answers, says, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. The one who doesn't love me will not keep my words. The word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things, and remind you of everything I have told you. And so today, as we become a believer in Jesus Christ, God will anoint us with his Holy Spirit. He will send us his counselor, send us his helper that will teach us, that will guide us, that will help us have gifts as a body, as individuals. Continuing on in verse 5, my cup overflows. Well, it's not quite the mess that you think. Again, there's a tradition behind this. And us understanding this helps us understand why David would say this. My cup overflows means that they're welcome. You're like, well, how does that mean that? Well, it was their tradition that if you were to have a guest over and they were to come and you prepare the table for them, doesn't mean the enemies are gone, but they come over and you fill their cup up and you fill it to overflowing. Kids, don't do this. You fill it to overflowing... You are inviting and welcoming them to stay as long as they like. They are welcome. I'm giving you excess. There is an excess inviting. There is an excess hospitality. There is a, I have desire and longing to know you longer. Stay as long as you desire and want. And so it signifies that as they fill it up, they must not have had pretty tablecloths back then. Um, You know, because they were drinking wine, right? You know, throw that one away. So, it was an inviting, a welcoming. It's almost as if David is saying, this is a summarizing point for the previous statements he's made about his shepherd. My cup overflows. I am welcomed in him. The Lord is our shepherd. He provides for us, nourishes us with his word and prayer. He leads us. He doesn't drive us. He renews us. He leads us on the right path for his namesake. He is with us. He comforts us. He protects us from our enemies. He anoints and commissions us to serve. He welcomes us. And if that wasn't enough, he laid down his life for us, John 10, 11. He knows us, John 10, 14. A steadfast love and mercy never ceases Lamentation three twenty two, we have abundant life in him, John ten ten. He sent the Holy Spirit in his name, John fourteen, twenty three to twenty six. We just read that. And we could go on and on of just what's in scripture. Guys, our cups should be spilling out all over the place. Our cups overflow. This morning we will celebrate the Lord's Supper together in communion. And we have it in four corners. So there's just a small basket in four corners with the juice and the bread. And so we just thought that this morning maybe that would help Let's have some time to make sure that everybody has the opportunity to grab something by doing it this way. Um, Guys, for the Lord's Supper, it's an important reminder that Christ asks us to do in obedience to him. And so we want to do that. We want to observe that as a family of believers. And the credentials for taking part is that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and that's it. You see, He welcomes you to His table. Desires for you to be at the table. If you don't know Him, the invitation's there. He's paid the price. He's got the table ready. The invitation is there for you. You just have to accept it. By trusting in Him, believing in Him, surrendering to Him. So I'm going to pray for us. And if you would also pray where you're at, maybe there's just something on your heart or mind that you need, God knows already. If you already know Him, it doesn't mean, like we've talked about, it doesn't mean we're free from sin or unable to sin anymore. So maybe there's something there. I was doing business while we were singing. There were things in my heart. So let's take that moment and just, if there's anything there, ask him to reveal it if you can't think of anything because more than likely there's something there. (laughs) Just offer that back up to him. He loves you. He cares for you. And then after I finish praying, if you just want to slowly make to the one, make your way to the one closest to you and come back and have a seat and we'll take the elements together. Okay? Um, And then if I could have a deacon or two, make sure that the tech guys get one. Um, as well as our folks serving in children's ministry. I don't want them to miss out as well. Lord Jesus, this morning, what an incredible reminder that you are preparing a place for us. And though our time on earth may not be done yet, our enemies may not be removed from us inside or out. You are actively there, guiding, directing, strengthening, encouraging us, loving us through it all. So Lord, as we come before you to continue this time in worship, we just ask, Lord, that as we are being obedient to what you've asked, that we would do so with a humble heart. That's what you desire, It's a broken and contrite heart. We would just come before you in that manner. Reveal to us anything, Lord, that would hinder you from being able to give us those choice herbs. Something maybe we need to confess or go to somebody on, I don't know. But that would be pure and holy as your blood has cleansed us. Amen.